Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Which means the tag division is back again. Never went anywhere, baby. But it sort of did. Glass Bros, McRiddle, <laughs> the Highland Bros. Honestly, McRiddle was very funny. That's the best team name there I've heard. Go. Actually, I saw did some uh, someone in the uh, live chat that also called them the Airheads. Yeah, I like the Airheads, which that's is strong. very that's good strong. because that's actually where. Uh, Drew McIntyre's from, not so Edinburgh or Glasgow. Welcome to the Wrestle Podcast Review of Raw. I'm Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by the professor, the truth, Dan Layton. And this is the Wrestle Podcast Review of Monday Night Raw. Please press the subscribe button if this is your first time here. Give us a little thumbs up as well and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Or, you know, join our live chat and let us know what you thought of the show if you're watching live. And if you are watching live, you're in the mood to click some links. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Getting your thoughts about Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens' return, The Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley, and a whole host of other different topics. Mm. And we'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount before the end of the show. We're in monochrome today. We are? Yeah, I've just realized. We're both wearing oh, sort of yeah. grey scale. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I feel like I've regressed a little to. bit somewhat. Go on then. Like, while well, I went through a period, like, just, you know, when the summer season hit, yeah. I was like, I'm buying you shirts. Did. And you I had some lovely shirts. I, had some, I bought some like new shirts and that. Yeah. And then like in the last like you know week, two weeks or so, I've gone back. Nah, I'm just wearing t-shirts again. Right. Yeah. I'm just going back to it. Well, that's because the summer died. And I was I was being like pro- I actually got told uh, by a friend that I've really embraced my dad life. <laughs> Is and, that and, an insult and, or a compliment? In, in, as a compliment. Okay. I mean, like, I'm starting to dress like a dad now because mm. I was, you know, dressing nicely as opposed to just wearing, you know, the t shirts that I've been wearing since I was, you know, 14. Yeah. Um, like this one. Mm. Um, and yet I've sort of just gone against that. I was wearing like plain white tees yeah. and like, you know, nice shirts and stuff. And yet here I am. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to put my Chewbacca t shirt on. The day you come in in an ill fitting polo shirt tucked into a pair of chinos, <laughs> that's the day you fully <laughs> embrace your dad life. But we, uh, I'm not going to be embracing my dad life for this episode of Monday Night Raw. Hmm. How, can I, how can I say Go on. No, I'd, no, wait, wait, you, for, you, wait. Deep no. in it. I've got a better one. Okay. Someone who also embraces the dad life is Kevin Owens. He's an excellent father. And he returned on this episode of Raw. I hope you stretched before that reached. But yes, he absolutely <laughs> did. Yes. So I actually wrote down here, in a nice change of pace, Sami Zayn opens the show. 
And then I found out it's because they're in Quebec. And I was like, oh, that's why. Because they yeah. had a video package at the start based around Judgment Day. So yes. I was fully expecting that music to hit. And then to come down to the ring and Rhea Ridley to be like, we run Monday Night Raw. And then Finn Balor to be like, we are the all rise for the Judgment Day. Sami Zayn came in. I was like, oh, brilliant. I feel refreshed. It's a different change of pace. And then I was like, oh, it's because we're in Quebec. And then almost immediately the Judgment Day came and yes. I was like, yep, there it is. Now I'm watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah. I mean, I still found it to be a really refreshing change of pace. And awesome. I, I mean, that pop from that crowd was unreal stuff. It was so like heartwarming to see they wouldn't let him speak. It was like, do you remember when Roman Beautiful. beat The Undertaker? The booze. The booze. It was the diametric opposite of that and it was even even more so than in montreal when he when he before elimination chamber um it just felt it felt joyous it felt buoyant there was a wide shot yeah of the crowd which i remember um I, you know tom scott the the mm. video maker <laughs> a youtuber he made a video a few years ago that was very much for him about it, it'll be all right on the night which was a uk bloopers show great and show. it was about the be- what he considers the best title sequence in the history of of popular television and it's hard to disagree with them because it's so fantastic it's a, a wonderful video a heartwarming video i recommend everybody go and seek it out um but in it he sort of talks about production tricks and things that people like to do and, and generally speaking if you hear an audience but you don't see one it's because the audience is recorded whereas if you, producers like to show off what they can and i've thought about that a lot over the past few years with when it was uh, wwe having fewer people lately collision uh, and and dynamite having fewer people in their audiences and the, the ways they'll frame it so that you don't see the empty seats they showed all of this arena for as much of the show as they could it was rammed there was a point where Sami Zayn like pointed at his watch yes. as if talking to a member of production at ringside to be like oh, we're going long here yeah. just just so you're aware you might want to tell people in gorilla mm. this this segment is not going to time and it was it, it also interesting because he spoke this week about the bitter pill it was to swallow when he didn't win the championship um and I guess I've wondered when I was thinking about that, because Triple H basically said, what are you talking about? You main evented this show and it's really important hot angle. You've done some incredible work. That crowd love you. Be proud of yourself kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, but it, it is bitter to think I'm not going to win the title. I'm not the guy they want to put the belt on. And I have wondered about his momentum because it has been this this diff, diff, uh, difficult and tricky thing where Kevin's not been on the show. Yeah, I feel that Sammy has lost not all of the momentum no but, but he does stalled. not he does not yeah i think he's stalled he does not feel as hot as he did going into yeah. elimination chamber or even going into wrestlemania this show notwithstanding in a, your hometown yeah so well, well i this is the interesting thing because i was like think i can't i don't think saray is going to get this pop at home do you know what i mean uh, uh, all, i think will osprey might um but i don't think like a saraya is so this goes to show that there is a, a love for sammy Zayn um that still endures even though that it's his hometown. Yeah. Well, that's because uh, Saray is not from London. It's Norwich. Yeah, exactly. She's from Norwich. Nobody likes Norwich. That's why she's got webbed feet. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I apologise to the people of Norwich. <laughs> um... I don't. Let's be having you. <laughs> Come on! Ah, well, let's be having you! We just drove man here! Uh, anyway, um, sorry I, I, for the Americans. I, 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 of course, don't actually think that about Norwich. Norwich is a beautiful part of the country. It's where Alan Partridge is from. But you did a sports reference. I did do a sports reference. I'm so reference. proud of Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it was one from 20 years ago, it, but I did make a sports <laughs> reference. And it was specifically it was a Delia Smith reference is what it was. <laughs> um, anyway, point being, I think there was a real um, 
it, this felt for me like, oh yeah, Sammy still has that love from the crowd. And it was really nice to see. Uh, and it got me in a really good mood for the show, which is what you want for your opening segment. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so the Judgment Day came out. Judgment Day came out. I, so, I've got my issues with the Judgment Day story on this episode of Raw, which we'll get into in a little bit. But like this segment was not one of those where I had my issue with the Judgment Day storyline because really this was here to set up one thing and one thing alone, which is the Judgment Day surround the ring. Mm -hmm. And Sammy's like, what, you thought I came alone? Out comes Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens clears house. They mm. absolutely batter the dicks off everyone. And then he gives Damian Priest the stunner, sends them packing, challenges any two members of Judgment Day to a tag match in the main event of Raw. Like as a home, as a return, the right place to do it. Mm. You know, it grew up down the road and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Absolutely, this was the show to bring Kevin Owens back on because you're going to get the biggest pop possible. Yeah. And it totally worked. And the, this crowd good for you know a lot of the nights not not so much in the trish uh segment well, but wasn't their fault. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in yeah. a second well they were they were very oh, well they did was their fault but i don't think them arriving at that point was their fault. no we'll they, get but, there. but they were very mean about that they segment. were um but like this was a crowd that wanted to see sammy and ko yeah. and they got to see sammy and ko and they got to see them in the main event so yes. like as a segment this is a big old thumbs up from me We'd had the reports that Kevin was uh, did a dark match at SmackDown last week in Toronto. So you kind of were like, and also the fact that they hadn't stripped them of the titles, they worked it into an angle. There was these question marks about how serious was the injury. Mm -hmm. Good to know, not so serious that he's going to be out of action for a really long time. Um, and yeah, I, I was just thrilled to, to sort of see the pop. Genuinely so thrilled to see Kevin Owens back. I didn't realize until I was kind of, you know, watching this and I was writing my edited review for the Rest Talk News how much i've missed him yeah and it felt like such a baby face return as well in every sense of the word like them speaking french what well, i loved there was a, a really amazing moment where rhea ripley like it, sammy says something in french or kevin says something in french she kind of looks around she's like mm. i don't know what they're saying like and it was really funny i really yeah. enjoyed it to the point where i actually got a little bit emotional i probably was a bit tired because i got emotional later on as well but we'll get to that we'll get to that uh but yeah i thought it was a really effective baby face return heel proper old school wrestling you know? So we get into the main event, and this is where I will now present my problem with the Judgment Day story. Okay. I really liked last week's episode, mm -hmm. um, the addition of the Judgment Day story. Yeah. Because they were telling this really, like, I think, quite an effective little story, which is that without Priest, Rhea, and Dom realizing, mm. JD McDonough is helping them win. Mm -hmm. And he is actually almost a glue that is keeping this fractured team together. And last week, he completely succeeded in his mission, and he got that group standing together tall. They ruled the roost. Literally, like they always say, we're the Judgment Day, we run Monday Night Raw. They actually did on mm. last week's episode of Raw. Balor, Priest, Dom, Rear, they all stood tall. No JD. JD didn't want that. He was just on the outside, biding his time, waiting for his entry into the Judgment Day. He's just there to support Balor. Judgment Day, we, that was literally our headline last week. Judgment Day back on the same page, mm -hmm. dot, 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 again. Because prior to that, they had fallen out, but then got back on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then they'd fallen out and got back on the same page. They were back on the same page again here. The next segment of this show is them arguing because they're yeah. not on the same page. And I, I'm, I described this in my edited review as they are Ross and Racheling this team. <laughs> and it is either... Who's Ross and who's Rachel? Go on. Snap judgment. Um... Oh, I think Balor's Ross. Okay, right. that, that works yeah. for me, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think Damien Priest is too pretty to not be Rachel. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I see what I, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think I am really done with, and like I've, I kind of felt like Rhea Ripley on this episode of Raw, mm. where Rhea Ripley just was like, I am so sick and tired of you guys <laughs> not being on the same page. I'm like, me too, Rhea, yeah. me too. Can I just have like two weeks where, of them yeah. being on the same page? Because clearly they don't want to break the group up. Like yeah. they have got knowing, like they've got no uh, plans to split this group up. Nor should you. You split up the bloodline. You keep teasing splitting up Imperium. You keep teasing splitting up Damage Control. Don't split up the Judgment Day as well. So they are not going to split this group up. So why not just have them be on the same page again? And like you have this payoff that you have a bit with JD later in the main event, which we'll, we'll get onto in a, in a second. But because they literally like the video package ended with them standing tall and together. And the next segment, they're arguing. Mm. And I'm like, well, what was the point of last week's show then? Because mm -hmm. we've actually just taken two steps back. Either we've taken two steps back, that's bad, or last week didn't matter, that's also bad. Mm. I completely hear that. I, I, I agree. And I think it's a, uh, a sort of uh, example of when you, you do a program at a certain level and it stays at that level. We see another example of that later on in the show. Mm. But... Um, it's almost like they had a, a couple of opportunities. In, in fact, two pay two pay per views in a row. Now we've gone into it, both Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, being like, it could be really interesting what they do as a result of this. Like where they could go with that, what they could do with that, and what they've done, sort of both times, is uh, instantly go at this breakup thing, rather than seeding it, rather than let it simmer, rather than let it be. It's like break up with the back together, break up with the back together. Like it's all, as you say, Ross and Rachel. And I think what's frustrating is that it does make it feel like, well, what are we doing? Like, are you, do you have a plan? Do you want to do anything? Is there forward momentum? In the second series of Lost, um, this is an analogy just coming into my head at the moment. It's fine. It's really where the show falls off the rails. Well, because the first Four episodes of the series are the exact same thing from four different perspectives. And it made you feel four weeks in like, I haven't watched a new part of this show yet. Like, this is all the same stuff. And it's like, we've not got anywhere because they had to stretch it out and pad out because they didn't know how long they were going. Then they finally find out, oh, we're doing three more series. And that's when they wrap it up. But for some people, they'd already dropped off the cliff. You need to keep momentum you don't have to make huge leaps each episode you do need to keep the build going keep the momentum going and it's a bit frustrating that we've seen this um briefcase uh whoopsie daisy two weeks in a row two weeks in a row um also they, they keep losing yeah like bala lost at SummerSlam. bala lost again the week after they lost last week they lost again yeah here. like they're just they're beating this team like a drum and i'm always gonna be thrilled to see kevin owens and Sami Zayn and cody rhodes be your main event like go off the air with them celebrating a win the crowd send the crowd home happy we've talked about that a few times but i'm looking at payback and i'm seeing a card and and we're talking upstairs in the office about like okay so like the paper few the, the payback card hasn't been fully fleshed out yet what are they doing is it this trio's match again well yeah i don't think they'll the judgment i think maybe they'll do judgment day versus owens and zane for the tag titles for the and the only reason i can give you here is because owens and zane lost the main event yeah by dq because jd threw uh, throws the briefcase in 
Owens catches it and clocks Balor with it because Balor had asked JD to throw him the briefcase. Technically, the Judgment Day beat the tag champs. Also, I think, if I might be right in this, they pinned the tag champs shortly after they won the belts as well. They never followed up on that. So you could make the argument. Next week, and this is kind of my fancy booking brain, this is all like yeah. what I think the story could be next week, is that JD can literally say to them, I got you your first win as a team since SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And that win is now going to get you a tag title shot going into payback. The problem there is that you're still going to be a fractured thing and then you'll just have a fractured argument to payback and stuff. Whereas you could have just had a few weeks of them being on the same page and then maybe you do the the, the will they, won't they thing mm. again. But and like, then my I, other problem there is that Cody doesn't have a match. That was where I was trying to get to. Well, yeah, I, I think... I don't know, Bray Wyatt turns, and then like it's it's Cody, that's Cody's next program, but he's not actually on the payback card. Not everyone has to be on the card, is what I keep getting told about All In. <laughs> no, but your biggest star does, I would argue. Yes, but this is proof, if proof be need be, that there was no plan for Cody after yeah, but that's, uh, WrestleMania. So that's what I'm getting at. Like, I'm not trying to catch you out, I'm not no, trying to no, get you I a wrong you, answer. No. It, it just is a thing of like, that's an example of where this kind of lack of seeding and plotting and going somewhere is is kind of uh, we can't see this match again can we unless you do in which case what's what what are we doing here well, unless you do it as an eight-man tag i guess and you, uh, with, oh, uh, with, with with jd, JD. on on judgment day side and then it's just like and who will the, the eight the, the the fourth man be for team good guys yeah the, the team Seth good us. guys that that keep oh, wait, win, that keep winning by the way um i also i will say i loved brie ripley's line where she was like right we've got to decide who it's going to be it can't be me because I've got a match with Candice. Yeah. So it was like, I'm already busy. Otherwise, you know it would be me. She that did was slam it. Kevin Owens in the main event. She did. I was, de- I, I was delighted by it. But yeah, like I'm, I am... And I was looking at you know the, the live chat beforehand. And there was a big chat there about... Oh, I'm kind of sick of seeing Judgment Day in the main event of mm. Raw. Because there was a bit of discourse last night on the old Twitter machine about how Gunther and Gable should be the main event of, of this episode of Raw. And then someone was like, I think it might have been Backup Hangman, was like, no, the main event will be Judgment Day versus some combination of Sammy, Cody, and Seth. Yeah. Because that's what it always yeah. is. Like, every episode of Raw ends with the Judgment Day versus assortment of mm-hmm. good guys or singular good guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got again here tonight. So when they announced it, I was like, like, I'm glad that Kevin Owens is back. Yeah. But also, I have seen these lads and Judgment Day a lot since mania mm. and it doesn't fit and it feels like this judgment storyline is just not going anywhere because they are either they're off the they're off the boil they're on the boil they are in bed with each other they're not in bed with each other and it's ne- there's never feels like the plot actually takes a step forward yeah and that's that's their fault for not uh doing a little gradient with it yes otherwise known as build <laughs> <laughs> um but yes so i thought the opening segment was great I'm not a big fan of the Judgment Day stuff, but the main event, like you can't deny the main event was great. Yeah. Because the main event was Owens and Zayn and Rhea Ripley would just come out and be like, look, I'm going to make this decision for you. And she comes out and it's Dom. She literally drags them like a mother. Drags them out like Mammy. Yeah. And it is, it's Bala and it's Priest. And she's like, you two work it out. And I'm like, you did this last week. And then, so they are the tag team. And it's quite short. It doesn't go very long because JD McDonough runs down. He throws Balor the briefcase, but Kevin Owens intercepts it. Clocks Balor. Referee catches them. DQ. Brawl breaks out. Uh, Adam Pearce comes out. And what Cody Rhodes says, there's three of us, there's three of you. I smell a trios match player. 
And <laughs> Adam Pierce came out and said, yeah, let's do a trios match. So the actual main event was Seth, uh, KO and Cody versus mm. the Judgment Day. And it was your standard raw main event, six man tag with an incredibly hot crowd. And it was good fun yeah and, and the good guys won and the crowd went home happy and i have yeah. zero notes for it zero, like, i oh, didn't take any notes i've got here kevin owens and sammy said in cody Rhodes versus judgment day i have four notes four words for my notes the good guys win yeah it, uh, and and on the one hand if i were being charitable i could make the argument it's like well that was nice like yeah. you know again send the crowd home happy yeah, it was yeah. a good good opening to the show and a good ending to the show uh in terms of crowd involvement and and energy and pizzazz and all the rest um but like i do feel like it would be more effective if there had been a i hate to use the x-factor word journey oh a journey a journey here's an interesting fact i i, I can't verify this one so maybe someone can do a bit of a investigating on this one but apparently matt here says the first ko sammy cody match against judgment day was on the 19th of june some combination of those six have faced off in every Raw since bar one. Interesting. That surely can't be true. And yet, but, I can but, kind but, of yeah, see but it. But yeah, if I, I think back and I'm like, but I think that is true. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to repeat myself. So I'll, I'll not. Because uh, <laughs> that's what we're, what we're criticizing is the WWE repeating themselves. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just repeating myself about do a story. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Well, let's get into what you thought of this. I mean, maybe we could do a poll. Actually, I don't think uh, Mod Mother is around, so maybe we won't do a, uh, a poll. Do you know what, Discord? No, I won't. I don't want to change my name. Why Why didn't you just deal with it? Because <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to give Discord the satisfaction. Okay, okay. But it's... it's, I'm, it's I'm not losing this battle. It's affecting me now <laughs> when I open my <laughs> iPad. Because so. you're logged in as me. Um, but let's get into what you thought of this show. Please do restalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all your comments above the five US dollars. And Kevin here says, a proper laugh when Rhea said, we need to see who'll be in the match. I've got a match with Candice, so it won't be me. Awesome to see KO back. I hope the tag division gets better focus in next week with New Day back and the Street Profits push. That was genuinely the sense I got from this with the Kevin Owens return was. And then the following match you got from that. Yeah. Oh, a tag division. And the way the tag the way that match worked, yeah, exactly. like what went down. It was all about building up a tag division. I'm like, yeah. Awesome. We've got a, we have a tag division again. Because the tag titles have been on hold since the Saudi show. Um, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. They certainly Kevin haven't and, uh, Kevin, defended it. Yeah, Kevin and Sammy, because obviously Kev gets injured. Yeah. But it's not like him and Kev were going into a big program anyway. They were at Money in the Bank, but they were in the Skybox. So yeah. um, so it was just... Yeah, well, they did pretty deadly, didn't they, on the SmackDown beforehand? They, they did do pretty deadly. They did do it. Um, but that's true. That, I was there. That was a really good match. I enjoyed yeah. myself very much. But it's not like they were in a program with pretty deadly. No, pretty deadly won a tag team title shot. And so pretty much since Money in the Bank, there has been no... But that's the period where Kevin's been injured and they've got to close out the story with the judgment day which has been going on for ages but they've got to close it out um and then yeah we'll look at a tag view yeah they do need to lose it at some point because i mean maybe they don't maybe they just go on a big old run because they're stars yeah and the what do you do with them when they're not together um yeah i guess probably feud them together yeah <laughs> why not uh hector has been a member for 19 months in a row says now that quebec boys come back where does the division go from here well i think you could certainly put them into a feud with new day yeah I think them versus Viking Raiders uh, would be pretty fun. Obviously, there's uh, Street Profits over on SmackDown. Yes, because they hold both belts. Yeah, you've got Judgment Day in the main events if you want to do some stuff with Balor and Priest or, yeah. or Balor and, and Dom or whatever. Brawling like Brutes. Brawling Brutes are there. You could even do like Vinci and Kaiser. Mm -hmm. Finally, like, you know, give oh, them yeah. something to do. Well, that's interesting that you say that. Because they comment that Gunther makes on this show. Well, kind of the way they're looking at each other as well. It's the idea of stepping up, and maybe the answer of stepping up is stepping up against being a tag team. Like that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there was another tag team. I thought, oh, DIY. Yeah, there was a DIY mention here. There's a DIY mention on this yeah. show, so I could see you know DIY being a big program going into the latter half of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin again says during the Mister Hour segment, I had a big LA night isn't over. The yeah chant is over vibes. I hope I'm wrong. Gable celebration was very Lex Luca like, but the match was awesome, and it can build to a good story at payback. I mean, we'll get to the. Should we go to those segments when we go to those segments? Yes. I, 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 I don't think I agree with the LA night isn't over. The yeah chant is over. I don't agree with that because that's the same argument of like Brian Danielson's not over. The yes chant is over. Yes, but it was you know. WWE were proven wrong on that fact when they tried to give the yes chant to Big Show and it didn't get over and they gave it to Stephanie McMahon and it didn't get over. Yeah. Um, Brian was over. Yeah. Danielson was over. It's it take I mean like people still chant what, but it's not yeah. the same thing, I think. Uh, 
Uh, right, well, let's get into the show itself, because we, they, you know, Kevin touched on a few points there, which we were going to go on to as we get through the rest of this show. Please do continue getting in your chats, rustalk.com forward slash support. Um, we did have tag action, and that's kind of what I've meant by, like, sort of the, the tag yes. division feeling reignited, because you had Kevin Owens return, and then you immediately went into a tag title, or a tag match mm. that almost had title ramifications around it because of the promo that the two had last week. Yeah. And it was New Day versus Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Man, it felt like a real anti-pop for Riddle. Like, New Day got a pop coming out, Drew got a pop coming out, but man, Riddle came out to, like, almost nothing. It's because he's a dweeb. <laughs> With his little bongos and his and his flip-flops. Well, I mean, this match will not help that in any case. Interesting. Because, because the story of this match is, Drew is great and Matt sucks. Because Matt was worked over the whole match, and then they went to build to the hot tag with Drew. Drew got pulled off the apron by mm. the Viking Raiders, and then Matt Riddle got pinned. Yes, interesting though, because I I was like I was quite intrigued by the crowd's reactions because I felt like the crowd were kind of into the hot tag uh, Riddle Drew but that's, team. Yeah, I thought were, Riddle had some really in good offenses. They there, were like. into Drew getting in the ring. I thought they were into Riddle as well, personally, from where where I was sat. Um, and I thought it was interesting because it was like they didn't know how to react to the New Day. Cause, because the New Day is topping the hot tag, they're playing the heel. And they were in the heel corner. Yeah, so it was a very interesting one for me. Um, and I I, I don't know, I, I, I got the vibe that they weren't... It's one of those things where Matt Riddle is a person I don't care about, but then he starts wrestling and I'm like, yeah. Well, though, I won't say it's not... I'm not talking about much of the crowd reaction, just the, the actual booking of this match. Oh, right, that's... Yeah, because yeah. Matt Riddle didn't do a lot of offensive moves in this match. He just got beaten up and then pinned. Mm. The only time this team was actually on top was when Drew was in the ring and beating up the New Day. And mm. in some cases, using Matt Riddle to beat up the, the New Day. Which I thoroughly It was great. He did the spot where he like suplexed every, suplexed uh, Woods and suplexed Kingston over the top rope to the floor. And then he grabs Matt Riddle and suplexed him over the top onto Woods. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think this did uh, Matt any favors. Mm. Particularly then because the Viking Raiders get in and they beat everyone up. So... With three guys, they couldn't take on two of Viking Raiders, mm. but one Drew McIntyre could beat them up. And I said in my review, and this is quite hyperbolic, I do appreciate, it proper reminded me of those times in like 06, 08, 09, when John Cena or Triple H or Shawn Michaels was in the tag division, and the whole person was like, we're just going to beat up the tag division. Mm. Like There was a match where literally John Cena and well, actually Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels just beat up all of the tag division in one segment. Well, and that's, that's the, segment, uh, the feeling I got from here was that Drew's actually a star, and he's a star above the tag division. So that's, I agree with you, but I don't. The way that this segment was like that, I, as I said, I perhaps this is just like PTSD. Not to make light, <laughs> not to make light of that, of course, but I, I'm trying to use that as like a broad general yeah. term. Um, from that period of time when it was just like the tag division sucks and the, the biggest stars beat them up. Randy Orton was really guilty for it as well. And again, it's always the booking that does this. No, I know what you're saying. And I think what is different for me is I did feel that Drew was looking like a big star. And I did feel that there were moments in there of like, you know, uh, I still think it's like seeding towards Drew having a, a heel turn or like a moment. It's like the RK bro heel turn we've been wanting, but we never got. He's 100% turning heel. Right. But during the match, Xavier said, like, you aren't even a real tag team. And then later on in the show, we get a segment between them where they sort of do say, you know what, you've actually got something. You, that got was a, you gave us a good match there. We also saw the Viking Raiders come out for once. They didn't hate an interference ending. There was something for me in it where I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see a tag team division 
forming. And then, yeah, later on, we had other ones. And as we were saying in, in the in the ultra chat, I, I I almost I'm like it's it's doing in in contrast to what you're saying there about it buries the tag division, which you did used to happen back then. This time, it feels to me like it's more like setting the table for a tag division that Riddle really wants to be a part of, but Drew is ultimately going to betray him and not allow it. Well, I, I take that point. I mean? like, yeah, yeah, because I think it's, it's still lifting it. Overall, this is a net positive for me because this is about building up that tag division. But you, I, maybe it's just because Drew did all the work for his team and then Matt Riddle just got beaten up and then pinned. That makes me think like, oh yeah, Matt Riddle just sucks. And then after then, you know, Drew's the only one that can actually save them for the Viking. And I was like, well, maybe everyone sucks and it's just actually Drew that's good. But again, that's like maybe like me projecting onto it than actually is, as being presented on screen. But really, my criticism there doesn't matter because Drew and Matt are not part of this tag division. That's, yeah, because, that's it. Because they're going to have a match next week. Yeah. Like Drew said, we'll do one more match. Drew's likely turning next week. I think they could do a nice swerve and actually have been riddles the one that turns. And it leads off into a singles feud and takes them away from the tag division, which means that's not really a problem. I think Drew should be the one to turn. I know I know it would be interesting to do something different. Just a but swerve, it's but setting, like, for me, it's setting Drew up for better things. Yeah. Um, not Kathy Kelly. Interview JD McDonough, who said that he wants to make judgment day stronger and finn walks up and he's about to say that he thinks that jd should join the group uh when Rhea walks in to say that they uh, need to decide who's being in the match not kathy kelly's really impressing me i think she's doing a really good job and i, I think good on you jackie well done absolutely We've got a promo for Shayna baszler that had some mortal Kombat style graphics in it which I she's really not enjoyed. kathy kelly to be clear sorry i just had a moment <laughs> where i thought like i want i'll put you over but you want you want kathy very few people are but you know anyway sorry Shayna. Uh, yes, we've got a promo for Shayna Baszler, and then we got uh, the the Gable Gunther segment of this show. Yeah, because you had a recap of Gable and Vinci last week, and Gunther and Otis last week, and then you had a promo from Gunther, this video promo mm. about how he is close to beating the Honky Tonk Man's record, and it's time. Time's almost working against him, but he's the ring general, and that doesn't matter. And then Gable cuts this promo with Byron Saxon. They're talking about how this is the biggest match of his career. Like you've been working ten years to get to this point where you might be able to win win singles gold. Maxine was so great in this segment, so affable to be like, look, if anyone, no one has worked out how to beat Gunther, but if anyone can do it, it's Master Gable. Mm. Otis and was great in it as well. He did a similar was- thing of like, you pulled me out of. I think I was just tired because this got me emotional as well. Yeah. So I probably was just a bit sleepy this morning. But um, I thought this was awesome. It was great. And then the match itself. Hot take, everyone. Chad Gable is a great wrestler. Gunther is a perfect wrestler. And they had an incredible match. I think you need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked... I mean, all of this... Mm -hmm. And even the finish. Yeah, I like the finish. There's, I get the arguments of the, the Lex Luger. Uh, I, I think I don't. Uh, you're now the, the third or fourth person to mention this. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. So there's a moment when at SummerSlam, Lex Luger beats Yokozuna by countout. Yeah, but doesn't win the title yeah. because he wins by countout. Yeah. But they act like he did win the title because they dropped right. like lots of confetti down. Obviously, that's a much more like overblown Bigger. thing. But the argument, like you know, WWF's presentation of it was like he managed to beat Yokozuna. Like no one beats Yokozuna, but Lex Luger managed to do it. But the actual like the the you know the optics of it are that man is celebrating like he won the title, but he didn't. And at the end of this, Chad Gable is celebrating like he's just won the IC title. But he hasn't because yeah. he's won via count out. And it's sort of like when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is 
this celebration is almost just a, a bit more, I generally wrong love the finish because I think it builds to a really interesting stipulation you can do at payback so I'm not down on this I actually think it's great but the celebration I can see why it's easy to make fun of the celebration because he said you more could have dropped confetti down he was having he was so happy about it and they were really going to have a conference. he beat Gunther no one's done this in a year and a half and I'm like yeah but he didn't win the title though did he <laughs> Who's the, who's the real winner here? It's Gunther. He's still got the belt. I uh, didn't hate it. And I actually, uh, I, I, I don't agree that the celebration was too much. I thought the celebration was actually, for me, the right amount. I do agree that it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but you didn't win the title and you should at least acknowledge that in some way. Like, like Gable, they did. Gable should like be like, celebrating because he beat Gunther, but it should be sort of mouthing off to him now being like, I've got you. Like, well, I've got let you me... in this and the other, as opposed to being like he, like he was holding the belt away from celebrating like he'd won the belt. I want to give my take on the whole thing because I, actually, I have a lot of feelings on this match, which was that first of all, it was incredible, um, and it, and it was really interesting to read Gunther's thoughts on a the championship and b the um, art of wrestling over the weekend. He talked about how it's the man that makes the title. He talked about how. Um, he wants to make this you know he he needs to step up the same way he did with the nxt uk title um but also he was talking about uh i, I don't essentially he talked about flippy wrestlers looking for attention rather than taking the time to get um your strikes over your simple work over when you get that over it may, it has almost more of an impact like and they believe in you which was something um he's the first wrestler that anyone that's ever said flippy nonsense is rubbish and have us all go yeah, I'll, I'll listen to you because you're a perfect wrestler. Um, and then, and I was thinking about that a lot while I was watching the match because there was such brilliant wrestling going on here. Like there was chain wrestling right at the beginning with with Chad holding onto the face lock. Um, there was the double underhook delayed suplex from Gunther to Chad that I thought was just glorious to see. Gable doing a brilliant sell job. At the one point, he uh, Gunther tried to whip him into the corner. And he couldn't run, he sort of fell down. He and fell had down. me go, uh oh. Yeah. Like I want to make it's the it's the Kenny Omega cell. Yeah, and it really it was really effective. Um the chop that took Gable out of the air. Yeah, when he jumped out of the air and he just yeah. chopped him with it and then just decked him with a with a lariat. And then they, then he manages to get the ankle lock on him. And then the interesting thing about the ankle lock is that, you know, as, as strong as Gunther is, he's off his feet. Like his, his strength is in his arms. And I've said this before, my favorite thing about Gunther is and this goes back to his Walter days as well. Mm is he wrestles like a big man, yeah. but isn't afraid to sell yeah. like he's a regular-sized man. Big time. One of my big issues I have with WWE's big man mentality, like Vince always thinks, like, you've got to wrestle like a big man, and that includes don't sell. But that often means it's just like, well, then what's the point of wrestling? You're just sort of like just walking around the ring. Mm. Gunther sells. Yeah. And he gets over peril and pain and actual, like, you know, adversity within his match. He is still the big the scary general. monster and he's the ring general, but there's a believability in being able to beat him. And that's what makes him so perfect in when he mm. gets his wins. Completely agree. And, uh, and like it carried on from there with they even seeded the finish earlier on when Gable was sent out of the ring and, and managed to get back in on a five count. Um, so it wasn't like he was like almost making the 10 count. It was almost, it was like a five count. It was like, I've got to get, I've got to set myself up, get back in the ring, keep going. There was a takedown, which brought out this vicious intensity from Gable. that was just wonderful. And then when they do build to the sort of close, they're on the outside. Gunther is pounding on the guy. And I'm like, God, that must hurt. And then he manages to lull Gunther to the corner 
He hit that ring post so hard. I almost wish they could have done an effect where the ring post lights turned off <laughs> because it was so hard that I felt it. And I was like, yeah. God, that must hurt. And then he falls, he uses his own momentum to fall backwards into. A and German I love team. a move when someone uses a big guy's momentum on him. It on was him. so great because he's already done the deadlift German, yeah. which is impressive in its own right. But yeah, he just falls backwards into a German suplex over the barricade. It was spectacular. And he uses his final energy to get himself back inside of the ring for the 10 count because he's an athlete and he wants the victory, gets the victory. And it felt like wins and losses mattered in that moment. Do you know what I mean? It's the first person who's ever beaten, beaten Gunther on the main roster yeah i i know i know what you're saying with the ticker tape and i know what you're saying with the idea that it was too much of a celebration and and, and you know i i was sat there thinking like, i have to be honest i was sat there thinking like yeah but that's not you winning the title i hope they acknowledge that in some way however i think the, the, for me what made it work was was the seeding of it earlier on and then the idea that he gable as an athlete was like i've got to still get the victory well, this, and he did it. this is why I liked the match that they had a couple of weeks back with the five minute timer. Mm. I know you you had your issues with the, the sort of the structure of that match yeah. and the sort of like the logic behind that match, but I loved. I thought that was a perfectly executed. The five minute it was great, and I and I think well, I, I thought the whole thing yeah. was perfectly executed, and I think here this is perfectly executed outside of a minor quibble that he the celebration was almost too much because you didn't win the title, maybe you acted like you did. If I may, yeah. The reason why this is perfectly executed is all off the back of that five minute thing, which is where Gunther had underestimated him and that led to the five minutes and then he took him to his limits and then Gunther eventually pissed off, beats him. In this match, Gunther starts off this match trying to get a count out victory. Hmm. He does a move, throws him to the outside, count him out ref and then Gable gets back in. Does some more moves, throws him to the outside, count him out ref because he knows that Gable can probably beat him. Hmm. So he needs to find ways to not beat him. Hmm. And in the end, realizes this plan isn't working so he batters him and batters him and batters him and batters him and still can't pin him everything he does gable kicks out hits him with a bigger move gable kicks out beats him again gable kicks out he keeps on kicking out so he's like fine i'm going back to plan a takes him outside i'll batter you and i will batter you outside the ring then i'll get in the ring and i'll get you i'll win this on a count out gable outsmarts him so it's Gable that gets the win via count out. That is a brilliant bit of storytelling and booking that I think, and I would, book build to a rematch for this title where the title can change hands on a count out. Because mm -hmm. then you can really build this idea of the 10 count getting back into the ring. And that creates a whole new level of drama because we know that Gable can win that match. I and as, them to do a last man standing. I no, no, yeah, this, this is not, yeah. this is not no, last I know, man standing. This, this, it's, a very, it's a very different thing. And it's, yeah. you know, it's a very, I think this would be a really fun stipulation to do in this match mm. based around the story you've been telling yes. about the whole count out, clocks, timers. And you know, whole, Gunther's whole thing is about time. It's about like it all narratively ties together. And that's why I think this whole segment, this whole build mm. is just brilliantly perfect. You're dead on. And that was really great analysis. Thanks, um, bud. Yeah, and well, you're good at this job. Um, and it was a really, it was really smart for them to to pitch it that way. I think the way you the way you've described it and summed it up there is absolutely excellent. I love the idea of the of the count out. The reason I was like, yikes, I don't want a last man standing is because these guys wrestle, and last man standing usually has a gimmick. A lot of standing, and I don't want that. I want the wrestling. I want the wrestling and the count and all of that stuff. Um, I'm gonna double down on my critique from a couple of weeks ago. There was no need for them to restart the match. Because if Gunther has, uh, you lasted five seconds. You didn't beat me. Yeah, but I lasted five minutes. You didn't beat me though. Yeah, but I lasted five minutes. And then that makes his celebration of winning 
even better because your argument your argument there is that Gunther knows he can't beat Gable properly will he beat him because he started the match again and he beat him Mm. so I just think cut that bit and you have a perfect storyline. I think it is That's a 4.75. <laughs> and I think that was a stupid logic it, choice. The only uh, the only thing I would say there is that in that version, Gable has beaten him then. No. Because they because they were about to announce that Gable won. And they, well, that, sh- and, they, and, they and they stop. So because Gunther has to compl- you know maintain his perfect win-loss record. They shouldn't, because they're in control of it. They don't have to. Oh, logic well, booking. Well, obviously, yeah. Like logic you, can, you, can do, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's, it's pro wrestling. But it, I mean, yeah, I, look, I, look, I, I've, incredible. I've got nothing but glowing things to say about this other than Gable's celebration was a bit much. He didn't win the title, mate. Oh, and I, here's the only thing I... Right, the, here's the last thing I will say on the, the celebration because I, I get that it's a bit of a tired point at this, at this point already. When he does... If he does win the belt... I've already seen him do the big celebration now. Just ah, just that one. Take take. You, you, yeah, I gave you, and now I'm taking that one's less good. That one's less I good think, analysis. I think this needed more of a I outsmarted you celebration as opposed to I just won the title celebration. It's all sold if you don't restart the match after the five minutes. But whatever. <laughs> well, I, I will disagree on that one. <laughs> but you know what we'll do? Go on. Agree to disagree. No. One of us <laughs> has to win. Um, this Judgment Day argued more about uh, you know who should be in the match backstage in their little pool, pool there, yeah. the lovely little house. And Rhea said, "Quote: I thought you buried this hatchet last week." And I wrote here, "So did I, Rhea." <laughs> uh, Cody was getting ready for his interview, and then uh, we cut to Gunther shouting at Imperium, "Stop trying to break this group up!" Uh, and then Rhodes cut a promo with Saxton, and what he decided was that backstage is not the area to do this in. We should go do this out in front of the Quebec crowd. Mm-hmm. So he took Saxton with him to interview him in front of the Quebec crowd. And he was there just to say, hey, do you know who are great? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And they're in the main event tonight. And I think you should be in their corner. Thanks, guys. I'm out. I hated this. <laughs> I bloody hated it. It started off with him saying JD's looking like a Funko Pop. And I thought that was really funny. Also ice cold. But um, have you seen JD McDonough's uh, profile photo on ww.com i've not I'll have a look so look we were having a conversation last week no um earlier oh, I, in the I, office. I, I think it's about uh the conversation we had last week about people saying it looks like finn balor with a massive head well we're getting there we were i would like almost like you to stop until until i i preface this but we were having a conversation about the most attractive wrestlers on the roster not started by me started by andrew datson of course it was um and then the i'm scrolling the down man alive i'm scrolling down and i'm like <laughs> buddy I don't think it's fair to say that you have a big square head, but that photo that they've got for him on his WWE.com profile, show the people, is just a little <laughs> bit mean, I think. Honestly, lads. Honestly. Lads. Have, 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 a think, have a rethink of that one. Get him a new one. You know, he's there every week. Um, but yeah, then Cody comes out and he has this whole, uh, it's this whole thing. I think what it was, was this idea that they were building to have the walkout moment and then the gigantic, because you can do that shot from the entranceway where you get to see the wrestlers POV and they walk out and this huge arena full of people screaming for them and what that looks like. But the crowd was sort of like, yeah. And it wasn't Cody. It's because it's not Sammy and KO. It's not Sammy and KO. It's Cody. And they did respond to him in a big way when he came out later on. Um, but like there was... It just, it just, it, the moment didn't feel as like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. He, as it he had could to have. ask the crowd to be into this more than they were, right? Because why? It was a 
bloody interview with Byron Saxton. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Dude, you've got to fill three hours somehow. Well, you do. WrestleMania uh, is really far away, is what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a video promo from Shinsuke Nakamura revealing what he lost in translation into Seth's ear last week. And it turns out what he whispered to Seth last week was, I know about your back. We all know about it, but he wrestles topless. We've all seen it. Yeah, with his little Riley Reid tattoo Get that he's out. got. Um, and I just because I look, we'll talk about the tattoo. Carry on. <laughs> he talks about how Seth has a bad back, and they show lots of video clips of Seth with a very bad back mm-hmm. and a lot of ouchy back uh, bumps that he takes. But it's a it's both metaphorical and physical because mm-hmm. his back is breaking physically. And his back is breaking metaphorically because he is crumbling under the pressure of being the world heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. This was a great video package. It almost felt like WWE saw the the, the in-ring segment last week. Yeah. And were like, do you know what we should do? A pre-tape. Yeah. And just let him cut the promo in Japanese and we'll put subtitles up. Yeah. This was way better for us. It was shot brilliantly. Yeah. It was it was really effective. It was moody. It was impactful. And this was legit cool yeah this was like this was so cool for shinsuke nakamura i thought this was tremendous i thought it was a really excellent effective use of shinsuke nakamura because his uh performance style his delivery style almost doesn't lend itself to the live um promo or the backstage interview because he speaks quietly but also with a very heavy accent with also a bit of a lisp so like there's, there's it's kind of sometimes especially when it's not his first language a little bit hard to f- fully follow what he's saying so by allowing him to lean into speaking his own language and trusting that your audience can read um it was really powerful and impactful and gripping like when Asuka and Io would cut promos on each other in Japanese, it, it just really works. It was also nice to see him look fully comfortable and fully able to luxuriate in the time that they they can then edit the promo down so that it feels snappy, that it feels pacey. Um, and I thought the content of what he was saying was really amazing and really uh, in, insidious is a word I would use. That could, and it really explained why he would sort of, why Seth would panic. Um, I have a similar tattoo yes the tattoo i have on my back is the kanji for courage which is one of the um it also so it's you and key which means spirit and energy in the way that is in the, in the courage um but that that character for courage is in the bushido which is the the samurai code the way of the warrior which is what seth has on his back um so first of all i felt called out uh when he's like <laughs> we need to i know i know about your the problem with your back this tattoo what also felt, you know, it was about the literal injury of the back, but also how Seth can't live up to that code. Almost like the idea of like, I as a Japanese person, and there was a beautiful shot as he turned around of the tattoo as well. So like, it's almost like I as a Japanese person know about this in a way that you as an American can't really ever understand or live up to. And I don't know if that was the, the real purpose of it or the direct, but it was a really nice touch. Yeah. And I will say... 2008 was a long time ago. I was 18. Uh, I thought it looked nice, so I had it tattooed on me. We've all got tattoos that yeah. we had. We got when we were 18. Mine is on my arm. Yeah. Um, we- I thought about getting the rest to go all the way up, but then mm. I would have let it really read. So yeah. it would be. Uh, also, if, if anyone is watching this live and you are at work uh, and you do not know who Riley Reed is, I would not Google this. She's not the person who hosts Countdown. No. Uh, no, I, I would not 
not Google that while you're at work. Yeah. Uh, I thought this video promo was excellent. Unreal. Oh, and uh, they actually announced it's Seth versus Nakamura at Payback. Do you think there's a chance he wins? No. Okay. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely not. Yes. Yeah. No, because he's going to lose and then it's back to the mid-card with him. <laughs> like, or, worse yet, they'll do another match. And, 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 and then it's back to the mid-card with him. Um, well, Seth cut a return promo later on in the show. We might as well talk about that now. Okay. Um, which... You know, he did it with not Kathy Kelly and said that like it was that Seth Rollins promo where he starts off being like, I'm goofy Seth Rollins. Mm. I just want to hear the crowd sing my song. Yeah. And it's like, and now I'm serious. That's the whiplash of it. Yeah. And he and he goes serious and he talks about how his back does hurt. Yeah. He actually has got legit problems with his back at the Cracks moment. Cracks his lumbar spine, which is lower back. Yeah. He has really, really hurt his back. And he also said, like, and you brought my family into this, which I never really felt like. like Nakamura was never like, I'm going to come after your family. He said it hurts when he hugs you away. Can I tell you something? I might be um, a really... It hurts when you looked at me, kid. I think I'm a bad person. (laughs) Because for me, Rue is the biggest heel in the company. (laughs) I couldn't care less about this child. They bring her up in every program with Becky and Seth. Like, leave the kid out of it. I don't care. Like, you come after my family. I don't care. Stop using that to get heat. Yeah. Move on. It is just because I know that they're a couple. It, it is. It's you know, it's cheap heat. It's, it's very cheap. It's cute. I don't mind. Unless it. Rue is going to end up in a trios match with the two of them, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, she will do eventually. <laughs> uh, we got a promo for John Cena's return on SmackDown, which is next week. Uh, it is next week, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, September first. Yeah. Day before payback, and then he goes off to India. Yeah. And then we have. Do you see the things going around about he's going to do a promo with them? Um, LA Knight, the idea that people have, and he's going to say something like, fine speech, because he always says fine speech. <laughs> yeah, fine speech. Which is, I think, the seventh move of Doom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he's going to do a promo with um, uh, Grayson Waller and confuse him for The Miz. Oh, God. Like, Didn't we have a main event at WrestleMania that one time? Yeah. Uh, we then got Ry- uh, Rhea Ripley. I you said Riley Reed for a second. We then got <laughs> Rhea Ripley squashing Candice LeRae. Yeah. Dead quick. And she also pulled out her, uh, her submission that she hasn't done for a little while. Yeah. And then, yeah, and she won dead quick. This is what we said was going to happen with Indian Candice. Like, yeah. This is what Indian Candice are there for. They're the friends of Bakel Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so Rhea can have some stepping stones before she gets to the final boss of yep. Raquel. And after the match, Raquel came out on a crutch. And you could tell that she wasn't really hurt because Raquel's a bad actor. And she was sort of hobbling along, revealed that it's all a ruse. They had a brawl. And Raquel announced that they're going to have a match at Payback. Do you remember when they did that promo about how much Candice believes in fairies? Yes. I just thought about that as she was coming down to the mm. ring. I was like, Christ, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, we saw a little flavor here of what they could do if they were given time to go. Um, but I understand Rhea needs to look dominant. I've actually seen a, a, an old chat someone sent in that sort of talks about this. So I'm going to save my big yeah, soapbox we'll... speech for that. But the way Rhea pulled her into that submission was lovely gal. It was very good. And it took a lot of core strength from them both. So I'm like, yeah. Props to you there. Also, you know, it's very, uh, you know, announcing uh, lots of matches for a pay-per-view that's in two weeks' time. What a house show. Um, anyway, we've got our... But it's re- not in Wembley Stadium! <laughs> I'm trying you to... You little troll! <laughs> I am trolling you there. Uh, we've got a recap <laughs> of Miz from SmackDown. It's almost like they've been telling stories over a few weeks and then just announced the matches, which is, you know, what happens in all of wrestling. Biggest <laughs> show in history! Dude, it's the way that wrestling works. I'm just saying. Um, well, I'm saying what we're all thinking. Um, 
We've got to recap. Of, lies. Tell me when I'm telling lies. We've got to. Where is the lie? We've got to recap of LA Knight and Miz from SmackDown, and then Champa cut a promo backstage where he referenced that he, you need to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Author of the Pain returning. Again, a um, great promo. It was a very, very good promo. Of course, that's a reference to DIY. Because mm-hmm. um, they're going to be, Vince is not here anymore. So quick, quick, put them back together. Yeah. Um, because before he notices. Before Vince gets back and stops me. Yeah. Uh, put them on. Quickly put Indy Hartwell in another match. <laughs> then we got, look, I know you didn't like your Cody segment. Yeah. I didn't like this segment. Okay. And this segment is amazing on paper. Okay. And it was executed badly so last week the miz said that he was going to have a match this week to show that he is a big star and he's a great wrestler and he's going to find the best and brightest talent that he can have and so he can beat him in the ring and show that he is one of the best wrestlers in wwe very very fine comedy because wah, 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 it's akira tozawa it's a jobber it's someone who doesn't win lol miz this that, and the other mm-hmm. And then LA Knight comes out, Miz gets distracted, Akira Tozawa rolls him up, and he gets pinned, and he gets embarrassed, and then LA Knight's like, ha, ha, ha. And Miz is like, no, 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 I lost to the announcement. And then, you know, comedy ensues. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. What happened is, is that Miz brings out Akira Tozawa, they do some bad comedy in the ring that gets over, like, a wet fart. Uh, an unwelcome fart in a spacesuit was this uh, level of, of comedy uh, reception that it was getting. And then he had a competitive match with Akira Tozawa that went through a commercial break because LA Knight was on commentary. And then he got distracted by LA Knight and got beaten by Akira Tozawa. And the comments were like, I can't believe Akira Tozawa won. I was like, why? He got loads of offense in on the Miz. Like, this was a competitive match against mm. him. I'm unsurprised that he won. This really could have really really gone either way. Mm. And that's it. So like, like, you had it there, but you, you beefed it in one key element of it which is the actual punchline of the comedy mm. and i you were talking about stand-up comedy uh yeah. earlier you was that on rest talk extra i think it was on rest talk we, extra. we've recorded so many things yeah. together today if you if you have a comedy piece and you beef the punchline yeah everything about it then is bad yes yeah um i think the the point you made there about it being great on paper is probably uh, a, a better reflection of, of it than I was than I have given it credit for because I probably was thinking more about the story than I was about the match so it didn't really bother me that much um, because something that was really interesting to me is what LA Knight was saying on commentary because he was talking about how The Miz wanted to be what LA Knight's become and that's why he has the beef. There was this whole idea of uh, Miz saying like oh you know where's you didn't show me respect you didn't shake my hand like all of that stuff and then which is which is true because like you know the Miz the Miz had a really hard time entering the company and all that it's it's well documented. The idea that you know Miz wanted to we we know I think part of the reason I have such patience and such time for the Miz and such appreciation for what he's managed to achieve the two time Grand Slam champion as I always like to parrot is because he really eats sleeps and breathes wrestling. I think he really loves wrestling. We know this because he was a he was a reality star first on the real world, and his gimmick on the reality show was I want to be a pro wrestler one day. I want to be WWE champion. Um, and when we all dream about being a wrestler, when we're kids and we dream and we all do it, we gonna, all. I was going to be the third brother of destruction. Why do you think I enjoy holding this so much? It's because this is the closest I'm ever going to get to holding a title in the air. Like it is, we dream. We don't dream of becoming a Tozawa With respect to Akira Tozawa. 
as in in the context they use him in WWE, I recognize that he's a champion the world over. We'd go in dreaming of getting that alien reaction. Our music hits and people scream for us. And in Miz's mind, he's a, and he mentioned it here, two-time Grand Slam champion. He's won all these belts over and over again. And even with all of Miz's accomplishments, he was never able to get the crowd that way. And that I find so compelling. It's the point I've made on this show several times over, Dan, is that, yeah, he's a two-time Grand Slam champion, but none of his reigns have meant anything. Well, this is what's interesting about the show. first world title reign, which wasn't very good. Uh, again, which was not his fault. He was booked to be a chump. But this is this is the booking thing, where, where and that's where it's like it's the it's them doing it. Right. I think it's respect on the Miz rather than oh, respect. I've, on... I've I've never said anything negative about you say that. He's rubbish. I've, I've never you said say he's, he's rubbish. I've, I've never Roll said he's take. I've never said he's rubbish. I've said he's a perfectly fine two and a half star wrestler, and that's a good thing to have. <laughs> that is that is the respect because you need those people on the roster. Mm. He doesn't get hurt. Do you know why he doesn't get hurt? Because he has two and a half star matches, and that's great, and that's fine, and you need that in your company. I'm a defender of the Miz, mm. if anything. Oh, oh if anything, Don't I'm a defender of the Miz. Like me, but sir. he is booked in bad storylines and bad segments. And do you remember two weeks ago when everyone told me, "Oh, he's back to being serious Miz." Well, what the f was this then? Like, because because what I told I told you, dang, I told you then, and I will say it again now. This happens every single time. I'm work rate Miz. I'm serious Miz, and he's back to being comedy bollocks. Mm. And it's the same. And that's why you can't take the man seriously when he's trying to do the big serious promo. And I'm a big serious wrestler because two weeks later he's doing comedy with Akira Tozawa. Mm. And it's so. Why should I take him seriously? I can't buy into his serious promos. Then that's that's fair. I just will never agree with you on this <laughs> but do you agree with me that the comedy here didn't work and they yeah. and they beefed the punchline hugely i uh, i think I, yeah, I don't think the comedy worked but like I'd, i i was far more interested in the story i wish they'd tell the story better because i think the, I, this is i think this is where i, I struggle to, to agree with you is that i don't i think miz can get it over i think miz could do that I just don't think they let it because they know he's a reliable hand for a bit of lightness and a bit of good. That's the problem with you being the person that people can rely on is you get used for all things and you never have that consistency. I also very much enjoyed more of a night, you know, tell me when I stop me when I'm telling lies, uh, saying like, yeah, congratulations, Miz. You were a background player at WrestleMania for The Rock and John Cena. That is genuinely yeah. that is but genuinely this, this the truth, is, everyone. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is a really interesting and compelling story. And I, and I wish that they would give it the dramatic heft that I think it actually very much has. I don't even mind that this is a feud over two losers. Because uh, LA Knight lost on SmackDown and Miz lost here and then I have to imagine to determine who's the bigger loser. I don't even mind that because the, 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 you know, the story is they distracted each other into, into their losses. They're so fixated yeah. on each other. Which is why it would work so much better if this was an Akira Tozawa's sneak roll-up win. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, got a, oh no, I, I nearly skipped an entire segment. Actually, nearly skipped several entire segments. Uh, Matt Riddle and had a chat to where they found out we're going to have the Matt and Riddle tag match next week. McRiddle. Um, and Rhea argues with Priest. <laughs> and then Becky Lynch came out for a promo. Good God, rivalry on cooldown. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit, actually, isn't it? Yeah. This is, um, oh, you got a power card was played on you at SummerSlam, so you can't do the match mm-hmm. now um, on SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, and rather than blowing it off on the next day with a submission match. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've vetoed your star there, yeah. so you can't use uh, Becky Lynch, I'm afraid. It's like, oh no, well, I haven't got anyone else I can book on Raw, so I'm going to book Becky and Trish. And that's now taken my level four rivalry into a level five, and now it's, oh no, I've, it's I've got, stale. It's now stale. Yeah. Um, but also, I've got nothing to do the following week because I need to do something. Oh, I've put them out. Oh dear, bad reaction. And this crowd, like me in that previous segment, 
swore at them in the ring. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what this actually said. They said, we don't give an F. So I, I normally, what happens is we, you do the segment. I sort of try my best to wait for you to finish before I interject with my, with my jokes and my feels. But in this one, there's literally no point because what happened was the same as what happened every other week, which is Becky comes out, says a thing, interrupted by Trish and Zoe. They set up a match with either Trish or Zoe and they move on. In this case, it was a match with Zoe. Um, I'm so frustrated and it does tie us back into the Judgment Day thing, which is that it hasn't moved on or gone anywhere new or become anything. And it's been five months. WrestleMania was April the 1st. They lost the titles, I think, two weeks later on Raw. That's where the turn happened. And the story has gone on. And it had moments that I, I have time and time again given it credit. Um, but it, in the meantime, since pretty much Night of Champions slash, I guess, Money in the Bank, which you get a asterisk next to it because that was about Money in the Bank... And they were in the match. They and got they, to continue their story through the match itself. We've made it feel fresh and different. Which is great. They haven't really gone anywhere with it since we all came to the conclusion that this was ending at SummerSlam and the matches subsequently stopped being very good. The segments all started to be the same. And I don't blame the crowd for uh, sneaking one in under the radar because no one speaks French. Yeah, they, the crowd turned on this And segment. I feel so bad for the women because they're doing their job. They're trying... They're giving it what they can, but they're not. They've been forced to stall. Becky is literally trying to make lemonade out of lemons. She's God, got a big old t-shirt. She's got t-shirt and, and it's selling loads. She's bringing it up as well. Yeah. Um, they announced there's going to be Becky versus Zoe in a street fight next week. Prediction: Lita attacks. They, they do. A, We've been predicting that since Night Champion. Well, yes, but I think you now do the the replay of the match they had last week where uh, Zoe's banned from ringside mm. because you can brawl up and then Lita appears would love it i don't i don't know she's Chekhov's leader at this point i feel like, <laughs> I feel like you keep t you, you set up that she was going to be part of this story that yeah. she hasn't been here yeah. i want to see a bad moonsault it's all i'm asking for i would hate that you're right heatless this was uh we've got a recap of piper niven getting the tag titles last week with chelsea green and then there her and chelsea green beat the party girls very very quickly i simply wrote christ because <laughs> <laughs> you had you're you're one team there, guys, mm. and you and you you squash them pretty convincingly. And I even thought, against my better judgment, I'm actually a little bit getting into their entrance song. And like, I'll have a little vibe when they come down to the ring. I'm starting to party with them. Well, they've lost now. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, we then got a recap of Gunther and Gable, and they announced it's going to be Gable versus Kaiser next week. And then with the Seth Rollins promo, so yeah, we cover the rest of the show. The show. We've done the main events. Yeah. There was, and we'll bring this up in an ultra chat in, in a minute, about three minutes of women's wrestling on this this card. That's but, well, what I wanted to do we, with the ultra chat. Leave that for the save that for the ultra chat. Yeah, I'll go. We'll, we'll see what they say because I want. I kind of want to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, thank you all so much for watching this show, but we've got to shout out some very special people, which are our pl uh, Patreon pledge hammers. Ooh. What's up? I haven't opened them yet, so I was stalling. Ah, we've got our Patreon pledge hammer shout outs now tomorrow on the Patreon page. Wrestle Talk Extra. Oh, it's SummerSlam 2013. Oh, it is Luke Owen reviewing it, but it's not Ollie Davis. <gasps> it's not Ollie Davis sitting in the opposite chair as we review. SummerSlam 2013. Who is it? But who could it be? Who? 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 It's Matt and Jeff Hardy. 
It's only bloody Dan. It's me. Dan Layton is going to be on the SummerSlam 2013 and it's your first time properly watching the show. Yeah, I so I'm perennially available. So if they need anyone, they just put me in and I say yes. But also, yeah, I'd never watched SummerSlam 2013 because I moved to London uh, that month. And that was my one month of not really paying attention because so much was going on. Um, very interesting program. You want to talk about a car that's built around two matches? Yeah, there like, you it, go. It's literally promoted as... Folks, this is a two-match card. Yeah. I'm sorry that there are four other matches that you've got to sit through, but do bear with us. Mm. The good stuff is coming. <laughs> uh, but thank you all so much for being our wonderful Pledge Hammers over on Patreon. And we're going to shout out some of those with the $25 and above, uh, like this fine folk, the Hurricane Gregory Helms. But perhaps we should also shout out our wonderful moderating team. Like I absolutely think we should. Andy. CJ. Gary. Ian. James. Jay. John. Les. Rob. And of course... Mod Mother Jenna. Mod Mother Jenna. Thank you so much, team. You do an astoundingly good job, and we appreciate absolutely everything you do. It, it sounds like I am blowing smoke um, when, when I, I say this, but legit, we cannot do this job without our moderating team. So please do uh, there give your flowers to the, the moderating team. Yes. They're a wonderful group of people, and we love them very, very dearly. And um, Andy has popped in, in the little uh, mods chat to let us know that he's ran down the cards, and the chatter was 100% correct. Actually there has is. only been one Raw without Judgment Day in since the main event of that June. That is 19. nuts. So we can, we'll run them down now, in fact. So 19th of June, it's Kevin, Cody, and Sammy versus Judgment Day. 26th of June was Cody versus Priest. 3rd was uh, Seth versus Dominic. So that's because someone said it was the KO and Cody, you can add Seth in there. You add Seth as a part of this. Yeah. Seth versus Dominic. 10th of July was KO, Sammy, and Seth versus Judgment Day. 17th was KO and Sammy versus the Judgment Day. 24th of July was Dominic versus Sammy. Um, 31st of July was Sammy and, Sammy and Seth versus Judgment Day. 7th of August was Cody, Seth, and Nakamura versus Judgment Day. The 14th was Cody versus Finn. The 21st of August was Cody, Kevin, and Sammy versus Judgment Day. The only one in there which was not was like on 24th of July, it was Dominic versus Sammy, and it was not the main event. It still was on it, wasn't it? It was still there. Still there. But it was not the actual main event of the show. So yeah. I guess that is why some people think this might be a such stale. Yes. Um, also, please, uh, what would you have scored, uh, Raw? Oh, I give it a thumbs up. I had a really good time. I, th I think this third hour was the weakest. And I think as we look at the Judgment Day segments as a whole, I do completely agree with where you're at. But I thought that Gunther and Gable match was so good. I loved the Nakamura promo. I was having a really good time with the show, so it was a thumbs up for me. I enjoyed myself. Thumbs in the middle for me. Yeah. Uh, thumbs, uh, this is a proper mid-show, this. This is a proper Triple H building show. Oh, it was great. These, show, these shows happen, and I don't, and I don't mind Oh, them. and I had the opening segment, I wanted to cry. I loved it. I, I had no, a great time. I, I, I don't mind a building show. Yeah. Building shows, are, you need building shows. That's how you build two pay-per-views, so I don't mind this being a building show. Uh, you've changed your tune. <laughs> Since when? Shows don't need build. That is not it. Is oh, <laughs> Daniel. Daniel Laser. I will call I will call you by your real name if you are not careful. That is not what I said. Now who's gaslighting? Me. Do you want to apologize? No. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, I'll apologize for you then. Sorry, Luke, that I lied about your thoughts on wrestling. That's okay, Dan. I forgive you.
Get in the rest of your ultra chats uh, to, oh, what do we call them? Alpha chats. Alpha right? chats. Uh, to restalk.com forward slash support. Ding, ding, ding. This is your final call. And Kevin that kicks us off here. Oh, no, we've already done that. Kevin. We've done Kevin. Uh, Kurto here. So, here we go. Under three minutes of women's wrestling on a three hour show is beyond bad. 27 minutes of women's wrestling for Rhea on Raw and pay per view since becoming the champion. And that is BS. Even Sheeta will have had more minutes after this week, and she won it on August 2nd. What's those that say about WWE? Uh, your last sentence, uh, I'm going to stop turning it into a WWE versus AEW thing. It's a women's wrestling thing overall. I'm not it, having I, it be... I, no, no, okay, so I agree with that. Yeah. There is one company that gets the... the there's, no one, there's no one taking signs to Raw that say yep. book the women's division better. That's because there should be. Well, yeah, but I think this is the interesting thing is in this show, we had three separate women's programs. Trish and Becky, Rhea and Raquel, the tag division. So the program. Oh, look. (laughs) But that's that's the book. My point that I'm trying to make Mm -hmm. is it's almost like, much like on Dynamite, it's like, well, we made this the main event of Dynamite 200 and that's appropriate. And see, we, we care. And here it's like, well, we have three different segments. See, we care. That's not good enough. Like, it's not, it's, it's, I mean, there's other, the men's division gets booked badly too. It's not a question of that. It is more of a question of trying to, to do it. And I think what's really interesting specifically about Rhea and why I think your point here is so interesting and thank you for doing the maths on it. 27 minutes of women's wrestling for Rhea on Raw and pay-per-view since becoming champion. Now, some of that is injury. Some of that is injury. she was working house shows. However, what's super interesting about that is, uh, and I saw a tweet, so I want to read the tweet because it is very uh, accurate. accurate. Your phone is so fancy. I, it's massive and it's gold. It's so fancy. I know. It's I'm massive. Bougie. I don't put a cage on it so that people can see how fancy it is. <laughs> if I had a case on it, you wouldn't tell me it was fancy. Is so, that what it is? Yeah. Because my phone doesn't feel as fancy. I like people to know. Well, nothing. I mean, hello. <laughs> like, just my little phone here. Yeah. Yeah. What's that, one camera? I've got three, mate. Oh, wait, what do you need three cameras for? Really big zoom. Um, So the tweet here is from uh, at Seahawk, which says WWE introduced a dominant, untouchable women's champion at a time where people are pushing for more TV time for women's wrestlers. I think Rhea being a bulldozer is great, but I get the desire for it to be the other way. And I think that's a really pertinent way of putting it. You've got Rhea, who they want to build as this absolute beast of a champion who can dominate and really knock everybody out, knock out all comers. At the same time, we, as you are quite rightly pointing out, are looking for far more than three minutes of women's wrestling on the show. Like, we want these people to have... We have Candice LeRae here in this show who could have a great match if they wanted to. They could go for a long time. And the prime example of how you do that well is everybody's favorite, one guess, Gunther, right? Gunther, tell me Gunther is not a dominant champion, mm-hmm. right? And you do it by having long matches where he looks vulnerable, but ultimately wins because he's a monster. Do you think Gunther's not a monster because every now and again he sells? Absolutely not. Oh, sorry, I, thought, I thought it was a rhetorical question. No, no, no that was because I knew the answer this time. Yeah. Remember last week when I tried to do a question and I completely failed yeah, because yeah. it turns out Ric Flair. Problematic. Yeah. Um, but this one, I knew, right? Yeah. We like Gunther. Gunther's great. He's it's a perfect a wrestler. Swing a hit for Dan Layton <laughs> this time. But yeah, so that's your, that's your prime example. And I think you could still have Rhea be this big dominant champion in a division that gets other people over, that has decent programs that you believe in. You've got the roster. You've got the talent. AEW, WWE, both of you have the talent. They are not the question. 
The question is the time you give them and how effectively you use it. And that for me is what is the most frustrating. Uh, but I do fully take your point about um, it is, and, and your point as, as echoed, AEW is the one currently with the sign in the audience. That's because Give Divas a Chance happened already. So there's a, they've already had that heat. We need to keep the heat on them. It was, it was 10 years ago. It wasn't, it was 2015. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I know. But, ten, 10 years is an exaggeration. Though. Yeah, but it's but it's still it's still a while ago. But it is that thing of we need to keep the heat on them. I mean, much in the same way that we've seen with the Women's uh, World Cup, what's happening instead of the Women's World Cup, who sold out stadium after stadium after stadium in, on Australia, really competitive tournament, really inspiring women, what we're talking about at the moment is the way that the Spanish men behaved. The the head of the FA, the coach, yeah. it's it's sports across. And there's people who say things like, "Oh, nobody wants to see it. Nobody cares about it." Well, it's 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 a case of if you keep having that attitude, the patriarchy wins. And I'm sorry to use the word that everyone hates, but it, it, that's that's kind of what it is. I just think it's it's about giving them the opportunity, and you have to be better you just have to be and I'm, you there being triple h and tony khan you guys have to be better at the way you choose to utilize your women there's no reason the rhea ripley can't be a, a gunther there's no reason that a hikara shida can't be uh, winning that championship in a huge program with tony storm that culminates at wembley stadium i then i echo everything you just said folks and i agree wholeheartedly except no, there's no except oh. there. No, I, I, just, I agree. Normally you have an except. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I was actually going to say, I feel that. Like, I think we that WWE are on a precipice of a give Divas a chance I, I feel it, yeah. I, I really feel like they are getting to that point. I agree. And it almost, I, maybe I'm just I'm going to put my cynical hat on for a second, <laughs> if I may. I'm putting on my Triple H cynical hat, the great politicker, the greatest politicker in wrestling history. And he is the greatest politicker. He won. So... I'm going to put on my, my cynical hat here. He's waiting for that moment. To utilize it. Because then he's giving the fans what they want. <laughs> That's good politics. Uh, that. That's good. Right there. That, is, business. that is best for business right yeah. there. That is brilliant politics. Mm. Bring back <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Tarila Marcus said, I just don't want Gunther to lose the title. Not now, because I hope that he's still got it when I see him live at the end of October. I think it would be more effective to keep it going. I think he's... I, I honestly, don't think, I think he's, he's retaining for a while. I don't think his run is stale yet. Gar Monroe says, Felt this week's Raw was a bit rinse and repeat from last week, needing to fill a week till NXT... Uh, till next week's Go Home show. Onto important stuff. When are we getting Dan's video essay on the good and bad tropes of the mise-en-scene in the production of a wrestling <laughs> TV show? I was saying this to Tempo, because Tempo was talking about how he, um, he wants all of his wrestling shows to be gritty and, like not sleek and not even in hd and like someone was replying being like oh like roh production where the audio peaks and all this stuff and i and on the one hand i'm like yeah i think things should be gritty i like the, the i like the darkness of aw but i like the um big scale feel of the pay-per-view events nobody deserves audio as bad as roh in the mid-noughties <laughs> nobody wants bad audio you, you might think you do you don't um i have a lot of feelings about that i uh at the weekend went to see the preview cut of Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. which was a, uh, a beta Max VHS tape that uh, Jason Reitman found in his uh, the attic when mm -hmm. they were doing research for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, and it was the preview cut. It was the cut that was shown to like Sony executives and uh, a small test audience. Mm. And so it's like unfinished effects. It's alternate takes. There's no music in it whatsoever because the score hadn't been mm -hmm. done yet. Um, scenes are slightly different because they haven't quite 
like tighten the scenes up. A fascinating thing. It also meant that I was watching it on a VHS effectively. Like they, pl- mm. they plugged in a VHS and they screened a VHS onto a big screen and it looked terrible. And I loved it. Mm. And I, cause I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a HD guy. I, <laughs> I, I like things to be clean. Like I, well, the thing is though, when, when like Blu-ray came out, my eyes looked at that. I was like, well, that looks as the same as DVD does. Wow. And like I bought, I, people had a pop at me on Twitter once because I didn't have a HD TV right. until like three years, two years ago. You had, you had a flat four by three square. I had, I, had, well, I, had a flat, I had a flat screen TV yeah. that from like the mid 2000s that I'd sort of held on yeah. to because it was, it worked perfectly fine and I had HDMI ports. Like what more do you need? Mm. And um, I could plug my PlayStation into that. It's grand. So then I, you know, I, I've, under twitter pressure bought a hd tv and i was like i'm just watching sunday brunch like <laughs> I, I don't need to see like i don't need to see tim yeah. and simon in in glorious hd and even then i've not noticed a difference mm. and people are you know i'm not the guy who's like i need to get this on 4k blu-ray because i don't see the difference because mm. it's not it's just not my thing i'm quite happy to watch things on vhs and actually in some ways kind of prefer it and i so i like the i kind of agree with what uh, tempo was saying that sort of gritty vhs vibe i Mm. I, i'm a big big fan of it i think you can have a gritty vibe while still i think there is a massive difference in standard and hd if you all you have to do is go and watch a football match from when we thought things were quite like modern like in like 2012 and be like oh this is ugly buggly Dude, I watched the football at the weekend, and it looks the same as it did when no, I saw it, it ten, ten. And I always saw when I put a Blu-ray, and I see, so there's a crispness to it. There's almost like a color pop that I I can see. Maybe I'm just maybe I've just already specialized. It's <laughs> <laughs> so probably because my eyes are bad. Yeah, maybe yeah, some glasses, well, and then we'll have this conversation you know again. I don't know because I've got them tested recently. I've still got 2020 vision. Good for you. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, Ryan Marshall says, if Gunther and Gable go to payback, do you do a two out of three falls match or an Iron Man match? Because the longer, the more those, because the longer, the more they fight and that's the better. Those chobs, mon dieu. Mon dieu. Um, Carrie's spitting upstairs. Monge too. Um, yeah, I no, I don't think you do the Iron Man match because like, I don't think you want to be pinning Gunther. Like if you're going to pin Gunther, you just want to do it the once. Mm. Like, so you've pinned Gunther. And, yeah. and so like you could do an Iron Man match where you just do lots of countouts mm-hmm. uh, victories, I suppose. Uh, but I, yeah, maybe that. You could just have a really long singles match. Yeah. Or do a three fours match. And the, one of them is a, is a count out. I suppose you could do that. Her business too says, I feel like since Sammy and Cody lost to Roman, they keep them, they keep them, they keep giving them empty feel good wins on raw. Sammy and KO have done nothing since WrestleMania. And I have no clue what to do now with Cody. Mm. Yeah, I do. I agree. Uh, Gold said, I'd love to see Chad win the IC title, but I get the feeling he's just going to lose a rematch at Payback. Don't see Gunther dropping until the title until Mania. Well, he certainly isn't t- dropping the title at Payback because that's not beating the Honky Top Man's record. Oh, but it would, wouldn't it be quite something, though, if they if they have built up this idea of him getting the record and after we've seen uh, Bianca do it, after we've seen Roman do it, mm. and then he didn't get it. I I think I'd, I don't prefer it, but... Yeah, I'd, I'd be bringing a call into the Honky Top Man. Stab him coming so you can just give him a chop. On September 7th. Yeah. One final bit. I mean, that would be quite funny. Uh, Kid Cuddy here says, uh, I enjoyed last night's Raw. Hopefully you guys did it as well. Much love. Much, much love, love to, to you. you. Thank you very, very much for your message. Uh, Hurt Business 2 says, anyone else notice how Ellie Knight is getting the reactions Cody and Seth used to get? I think they're afraid to put any night in the title match with Seth because the crowd won't turn on Seth. Also, they're on different brands. Um <laughs> That that was my addition. They, so that's, that's, they appear they appear to be on the same show to me this week, Luke. I don't know what you're. Well, talking that's because about. they're he's cross brand feuding. Uh, um, 
yeah, I mean, LA Knight, like, he is uber duper over. I mean, but I, I, for me, he's, he's Zack Ryder at the moment. I, right. This is an LA Knight push that I will believe it when I see it. Mm. And, I, and I'm not seeing Well, he's got to go through the Miz first. Everyone has to. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't the Miz, it'd be Baron Corbin. Um, Ashley Acid is a Memberg for six months in a row. Thank you very much. And Mr. Higglesby, who's been a Memberg for 22 months in a row, since it's almost been two years of being a Memberg. Love your content, lads. KO and Sammy are back. Also, Moxley is going, <laughs> Moxley's going on that vacation. <laughs> also, when is Moxley going on that vacation? Or have we given up on that? Yeah, whatever happened to his vacation? He got to he got to go to Japan and have things put in his head. That's his idea of a vacation, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Joe Walsh, uh, Joe the Welsh Viking, rather, has been a member for two months in a row. Uh, and Matt Var has said to follow up on my chat message from earlier. Cage Matt says since June nineteenth, there have been ten matches on Raw which involved the Judgment Day members and a combination of Sammy, Sammy Ko, uh, Cody, and friends. There's been one show. Uh, this is show bar one nine weeks of similar matches. What's left? And that is absolutely bang on correct, which we uh, went through earlier. Mm. Man. Crikey, look at that. And I wonder, I'd actually be very curious to know how many of those Judgment Day actually won. Yeah, I don't think it's any. I think there is one. One or two, maybe. Maybe one or two. Because I'm pretty sure, I think in that 17th of July one, Kayo and Sammy might have lost to Dom and Priest. And obviously I think Dom beat Well, they didn't Sammy, beat any in June because uh, that was ahead of Money in the Bank. They didn't. Because they kept beating um, Priest. Priest, yeah. yeah. Sammy yeah. didn't win the NXT title. So Yeah, there's that one. Yeah, um, who knows? But Sammy and Seth, I'm pretty sure, won. It's obviously Cody, Seth, and Nakamura yeah. won. Cody won. Cody, Kevin, and Sammy won last week. They won again here. Um, yeah, like they they lose a lot. But that's kind of always been the story <laughs> of, of Judgment Day. Like, you know, I've, I've quite uh, feigned on this channel for mocking the uh, Judgment Day and Edge feud because Edge won every single mm. one of the matches they had bar one which edge lost himself yeah like because he, he was, quit he quit because they were going to beat up beth Phoenix. Beth, yeah and every now and again i was like when's edge when is edge going to put over the judgment day and it turns out the answer was never never, never. well that is going to do it no for it this. isn't we got one oh, more got one more 35 antonio said people making the lex luger comparison do not know how bad it was that is very very true a, match had a stip that if Lex loses, he can never challenge for the title again. B, <laughs> knowing that, Lex counted along with the referee. Um, Chad, on the other hand, outsmarted and survived Gunther, and Chad does mouth sit on that because I'm coming back for more, and that title is coming back with me on the ramp. I think uh, I like to think the reason Seth is becoming more and more over the top is because he's overcompensating and masking how broken physically and mentally he's become. Yeah, I mean, that's a very... Uh, I like the idea that Chad is winning that knowing is like, well, I might as well just take this win because that win means that I get to ask for another match kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, 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 I liked it. I like the ending. Apparently, uh, Big MGM has just said that they did win one of the six-man tag matches. Good for um, them. Where there was a fight backstage. We've ended the poll and not the stream, and we have got a split <laughs> result here. 46% thumbs up, 45% thumbs in the middle. Wow, okay. Um, what was I smoking this morning? Yeah, like, that is literally like bang on mm. half and half and then the rest is thumbs down but yeah thank you all so much that, yeah. that's it thank you all for watching this episode of raw please do press the subscribe button this is your first time here give us a little thumbs up as well leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of monday night raw and we'll be back uh on thursday Dynamite. yes 
Thursday for Dynamite, we'll also have our AEW All-In Predictions going up on Friday. On Saturday, there will be the SmackDown podcast. Might be something else on Friday, TBD, um, or TBA, TBC, all of them. And then on Sunday... It's all in, mate. We're all in. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's what, no... would you, what would you do on Sunday? Yeah, well, I was trying to think if there's any content going up. There isn't. We're all busy at mm. all in. Um, and we're also going to be going to, on Saturday as well, we're going to uh, Defy in uh, in the afternoon. Uh, we might be going to the Progress show as well, and then mm. going to the Rev Pro show uh, in the evening. And then, yeah, on Sunday, it's it's AEW All In at Wembley Stadium. And then on Monday, myself and Ollie Davis will be doing a full review of AEW All In, mm. which will have no notes because we'll be watching the show. Yeah. And uh, it will basically be what it was like being there. Yeah. God. I cannot wait. It's come around, doesn't it? It really has come around, and I'm really, really thrilled about it. So please do. Oh, uh, we just had a chat come in who's just said, um, uh, hello, you beautiful people. Hope you're having a great day. Annoyingly, I'm working this weekend, which I am missing all oh, in. No. Ah. We'll watch it for you. We'll watch it for you, Stephen Costa. Big love to you as well. Thank you all so much for watching. We will see you on Thursday for the Dynamo Review. I've been Luke Owen, D-A-D. That has been the Professor, the Truth, Dan Layton. Jam that jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 